Thanks for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. Our hope is that it helps you discover completeness in Jesus. Now for this week's teaching. We choose to worship by responding and recognizing God through song. And songs are fun. And talking about our victory dances and talking about our favorite songs, we love to express ourselves through music. But have you ever taken the time to think about what you're singing or what is being sung to you? So I want to do something, okay? I, I want us to all listen to these clips of songs, and I want you to tell me what you think this song means. Now, I was going to start with the Backstreet Boys. I want it that way. Now, but you've already sang it twice. A third time would be a waste of time. Because that song, like we're not going to play it on the way out. Anyway, that song, is like, I want it that way. So you can interpret that song as a selfish ballad, that I want it that way. But really, that song is about someone saying, you're all I want. What you want is what I want. And that's what I want that way. Yes. Had you ever thought about it? No. <laughs> You're like, no. But I'll have you know, in 1998, I bought my first CD, and it was Millennium, and this song was the first track, and I listened to it all until I broke it. It was amazing. So let's do it to another song, okay? We're going to play a clip, and I want you to think about the words. If you know it, you can sing it, but also just take it in. So let's hit some Whitney Houston. me who wants to tell me what you think this song means okay come up here come here no she's like I'm willing to talk to you I'm not willing to talk to everybody who's willing to talk to everybody come here what's this song mean they're breaking up they're breaking up okay they're breaking up who says this is they're breaking up now who's the who I don't know who's the who but it's just like a, a, a couple that's dating what are you she said, I know who, Whitney. Whitney's breaking up. Yes, yes. So thank you so much. So you would, you would think that this song is a story of a, a couple that has loved, but now the love is gone. But can I tell you the true story? This song was not even written by Whitney Houston. It was written by... Dolly Parton. And Dolly Parton did not write this about love lost. She actually wrote this song as a goodbye to her singing partner. It was a really, they, they, yeah, they were afraid. She was afraid she was going to burn a bridge because this guy 
was the one that welcomed her on his country show and gave her a career. And so when it came time where they needed, she wanted to go out on her own and write her own music and become the Dolly Parton we know. She was afraid that he would take it the wrong way. And so she wrote this song to say, I know life will treat you kind and I know all these things, but know that I'll always love you and I'll always know that you were the one who gave me what I have. Isn't that sweet? But we think, you're like, yeah, well it is. Instead of being like later and just piecing out, she wrote a song to say, I love you. Okay. So let's, let's, let's go to another song and you tell me what you think it is written about. Yes, you all know it. Buddy, you're a boy, make a big noise, rain in you the even street, know the word. What is this song about? What is this song about? Pikachu, Pikachu, come to me. Pikachu, I choose you. Okay, tell me, Pikachu, what is this song about? It's about like a football team, like being like, you're, I'm, we're gonna win, you're gonna lose. Oh, it's a victory football song. Let's say sports in general. We're gonna win, you're gonna lose. Yes, what about you? Pikachu, thank you. Come on up. Phoenix. I shall name not all of you by what you wear. Come on. Phoenix or a cardinal? I don't know. It's a different. It's a phoenix. I nailed it. Transformed. All right. So what is this song about? This song is about how we will overcome these challenges. We will be what is being thrown at us. Yes. Thank you, Phoenix. Get. Okay. So... This song, this song is an anthem and obviously it stretches across all generations. We will rock you, it's an anthem, but here's the deal. It was written not as an anthem. For the stage singers, this was the band Queen. Queen was at a point in their career where they realized that they were less of the entertainment and the audience was a part of this whole concert. And so they wrote a song for them saying, you will rock us. We're here for you. And it was a cool anthem to say, you were all a part of this big band. And it became an anthem that all audiences could shake the whole stadium to. And it was a really cool thing. But that's the reason it was made. Okay, let's try two more. Okay, this one I know you're gonna know. And I think I'm gonna stump you by what it is. Okay, it's not that one again. Okay, let's hit it, Adele. Secret that the both of us are running out of time. So how from the other side, I must have called a thousand times to turn
Get up here. Yes, pink velvet. Tell me, what is Adele saying? She's saying that... I just forgot what I was going to say. I get it. It's Adele. We all forget. She's amazing. She's amazing. Do you remember now? <laughs> you take a moment. I'm going to ask somebody else, and then I'm going to ask you. You stay. Okay, you, come to me. Okay. Okay. Tell me, who's this written for? What did Adele want to say? I'm sorry. I'm so okay, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry to who? Who do you think she wrote this for? Whoever she's in love with. Whoever she's in love with. Who do you guys think she's in love with? A boyfriend? The, her mom? What, what do you think? Yeah. I'm sorry to a friend of hers. A friend of hers? Absolutely. You can go ahead sit down. I'm going to rock your world here because I Googled this in preparation for this sermon. And I'm going to tell you who it was she wrote this for. Her daughter. That the both of us are running out. She has spent most of her daughter's life on the stage and not with her daughter. And her pain of not spending time with her family, she's, she's calling her home to talk to her daughter because her daughter was growing up without her. So this was a song written for her daughter to say, I'm coming back to who I was and I want to be there for you and I'm sorry. Is that like chilling it like makes you want to cry it's her daughter yeah okay last one that I think is the most important and I really want to break down okay let's listen to it recognize and respond to God. So what biblical story, what Bible story do you think this was written about? Somebody that hasn't, come on up here. What song, what, what Bible story do you think this was written about? God, how God has rescued us and made us his children. Amen. Line for line. But like, what about a specific Bible character? Do you know? Do you know the Bible character? Moses. Moses. Nailed it. Nailed it. This, this, this song, sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes me, I, I have a habit of when I get really familiar with something, I just sing it and I don't think about it anymore. 
And so sometimes that happens to me, honestly, in worship. Because we're really familiar with songs, but sometimes I need to stand back and I need to not sing. I need to stare at the screen and really look at what God is trying to tell me. Because these songs are written to recognize and respond to God. So let's look at the story of Moses and the great Exodus using this song. So let's talk about the who, okay? Who is in this story? Well, obviously God, but the line, no longer slaves to fear. You see, the Exodus happened because Pharaoh was persecuting the Israelite people. Egyptians were hurting Israelite people, the people of God. And so he raised up Moses to go and escape Egypt. So he went to Pharaoh and there was all of these different things. I, maybe you've heard the story, maybe you haven't, but I could be here forever trying to catch you up to this. But just know this, they were in slavery. The Israelite people, the people of God were in slavery and they feared for their lives every day. If they didn't build the pyramids, if they didn't get uh, and harvest all of the food, if they weren't doing anything right, they could be killed at any moment. They were slaves to fear. But what happened is Jesus, well, God, Jesus wasn't there yet, but you know how we use them in a triangle and we say their names intermittently? Anyway, God sends Moses to lead them out, to lead them out of fear. So he takes them out of Egypt and they run out of Egypt and they're being chased by Pharaoh and Pharaoh's people and all of, like, that's pretty scary. And the worst thing in the world could happen. You ever see a movie where someone's running and then it's a cliff? And you're like, what now? I can't go anywhere. Not gonna jump. Well, here's the deal. Moses and the Israelite people, they didn't run up to a cliff. They were ran into the ocean. And so there was no other, there was no other ground. There was nowhere to go. Like, what were they going to do? I mean, all is lost. If you're being chased by an army and then you run into water, like, unless you can become like a horse boat, you can't do anything. Okay. So yeah, they could swim, but like for how long and sharks and uh, 90% of the water is not discovered. That's spooky. Anyway, so all is lost. This is the what. What did he do? They're no longer slaves to fear. And God split the seas so that they could walk right through it. And all their fears were drowned in perfect love. That's exactly what God did. No one can do that on their own, but God gave the power to Moses to raise his staff. And when he did that, God split the seas and the Israelites walked through the water. Is your mind blown? <laughs> Pardon my French. You're stupid. Okay, you've never seen something incredible. No, no, listen to me. If you are not amazed that God can split the seas and you can walk on sand 50 feet into a valley and get on the other side and then God crushes the army that's following you, by crushing the water on them? If that's not amazing, I don't know what's wrong with you. God did this amazing thing that no one else can do. 
And their, their fear was gone. Their joy was coming forth. They were rescued. And so the why, the who, they're no longer slaves. The what, he split the sea and they walked through it. And the why is so that they could proclaim and stay alive. And they can go on to say, I'm a child of God. And they can go on to say that because they tell the story. We pass down stories all the time. And a lot of times in worship, that's what we do. We write songs that show God's glory. We, we do amazing things and we get to tell these amazing stories because of God. And so some of you might not be musical. You would be in a group with me. I sound like a dying deer in a fence. Like I don't sing. I've caught myself in worship. I lip sync. Who lip syncs worship music? Me. Because I'm afraid that I'm going to hit that note and the people on either side of me is going to be like. <laughs> and I'm distracting them from the Lord. So I've got myself like. And I'm like, Mallory, sing. <laughs> but this is what we do. We respond and we recognize God through worship. And that's what this song is. That's what this story is. It's a story of victory. And so if you aren't a song person, if you are not musical at all, think about it this way. They walked out of that seat and they were happy dancing, okay? Like imagine you just went through this amazing miracle and no one acted the same. No one worshiped God the same. Some went out and, and they talked about it. I mean, I can't sing, but boy, can I yap. So I can tell everybody about God's goodness. But there was others that went on and they probably danced out of victory that they were alive and they danced and they praised God through their movement, through being alive. They praised God through singing. They praised God. I don't know. I wasn't there, but I'd imagine they praised God. That is what worship is. Worship is to remember what God has done and to praise God for what is to come. It's amazing what our God can do. And we get the opportunity to worship him and tell his story. So here's my challenge to you. Think about what you're saying. Listen to what God is doing and listen to the stories. And if we sing a worship song and you're like, mm, I, don't, I don't get that. Like, glorious day, like walking out of a grave. What does that relate to? There's so many stories in the Bible where Jesus raises people from the dead. Go and discover those stories and worship God by recognizing and responding to him. See, there's uh, the book, very last book of the Bible, Revelation. There are prophecies and dreams and visions. There's, there's um, all of these apostles that are coming together and saying, I see victory in the future because we remember what God has done, but we praise him for what is to come. So would someone like to read Revelation to us? I would love a helper. I'm someone who hasn't been up here yet. Hey, come on. Red shirt. Beckett, that's your name. I Context. Okay, Beckett. Will you read Revelation to us? Will we get that up on the screen? Yes. Okay. Then I heard what sounded like a multitude, like, a, like the roar of rushing water and like loud peals of thunder shouting. 
Hallelujah for our Lord God, Almighty begins. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her, her to wear. Thank you, Beckett. That was awesome. This, this is a scripture of what has happened, that Jesus, he died for us to make us. We are the bride, the church, and he is preparing us to be reunited with him. We worship in victory now, but we worship and we dance for the victory in the future that we know God has won. And so will everybody stand with me and I wanna pray for you and we're gonna go into a time of worship and I just suggest as you guys have learning postures of prayer, will you lean into that? And also, let's take a second and let's not distract because I want to say something harsh. This isn't about you. This isn't about me. And so when we, when we go into a posture of uh, prayer and worship and people around us distract us, it, it's hard sometimes to connect to God. But also, when you distract others, that's not glory given to God. That's just attention given to you. So with everything you've learned this past series, take this time. If you want to dance dance, but let it be for God. If you want to get down on your knees and you want to pray and worship, let it be for God. Not so others notice. If you put your hands up, let it be for God. Not because your friend did it, because you feel led to do it. Let it all be for God to recognize and respond to his glory. Let me pray for you. Lord, uh, I just thank you for these students. I thank you for their hearts and for their energy and for their love. And Lord, for what you have given them. Obviously, they can hear music. They can hear stories and they can remember and they get joyous and they can sing along. Lord, may this room and what you do and how we remember you be like that. It's not a Backstreet Boys song or Adele and it's not usually on the radio, but Lord, may these stories bind us and give us that fun feeling because we know you and so we dance for you. We praise for you. Lord, thank you that you have won us, that we are children of God. And thank you for what you are to do in the future. We praise you already because we know you are great and you are victory. And in your name we pray, amen. Thanks again for checking out this podcast from Christ Church of Ornogo. We hope that this teaching is helping you discover completeness in Jesus and encourages you to help others do the same. If you're interested in learning more about Christ Church, visit us online at cco.church.